0: to thank you.
1: Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome, welcome, welcome back to Sunday Dialogue. We're in a new season, and we're in a new year. I want to thank you for taking the time to fellowship with us in the Word. This is Life Nation that you are fellowshipping with, and I am Prophet Shante Charles, along with co-founder, Apostle Robert Charles. We're excited about what God is going to be doing As this year has already kicked off and this is the first Sunday and you know if you have uh, watched our previous message for this coming year you know that our theme is the year of righteous light and that God has sort of given us a mandate about resetting the stones resetting the structure and resetting the sound and so today we're going to be looking at a series that we'll be kind of teaching and talking from, and that is Write the Vision. So today is just a part of a series that we'll be kicking off today, Write the Vision. Today we're going to be talking about resetting the stones. And as I was getting ready and getting prepared for this talk and this dialogue today, the Lord said, you've got to go back. And you've got to really express who are the stones, who are the stones. So that's where we're going to start today. And we're going to look at first Peter, starting at chapter one and verse 22, moving into chapter two, verse 12. Now we know that technically when the scriptures were written, they were not divided up the way they are now. Um... But these divisions sort of kind of help us to block off and help us to earmark where we want to start reading the text. So we're going to start with, again, 1 Peter 1, verse 22, moving into chapter 2, verse 12. And I'm going to read it twice I'm going to read it in the message, and then I'm going to read it in the uh, New Testament that is a translation for the First Nations. It's the First Nations version um, put together by indigenous tribes here in the United States. So let's read First Peter 1, starting at verse 22 into First Peter 2 through to verse 12. Now that you've cleaned up your lives by following the truth, Love one another as if your lives depended on it. Your new life is not like your old life. Your old birth came from mortal sperm. Your new birth comes from God's living word. Just think, a life conceived by God himself. That's why the prophet said, the old life is a grass life. It's beauty as short-lived as wildflowers grass dries up, flowers droop, but God's word goes on and on forever. This is the word that conceived the new life in you. So clean house, make a clean sweep of malice and pretense, envy and hurtful talk. You've had a taste of God, now like infants at the breast, drink deep of God's pure kindness. Or in the King James Version it says, receive the sincere or the pure milk of the word of God. Then you'll grow up and mature and whole in God. Welcome to the living stone, the source of life. The workmen took one look and threw it out. God set it in the place of honor. Present yourselves as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary vibrant with life. In which you'll serve as holy priests offering christ-approved lives up to god the scriptures provide precedent look i'm setting a stone in zion a cornerstone in the place of honor whoever trusts in this stone as a foundation will never have cause to regret it to you who trust him he's a stone to be proud of but to those who refuse to trust him The stone the workmen threw out is now the chief foundation stone. For the untrusting, it's a stone to trip over, a boulder that's blocking the way. They trip and fall because they refuse to obey, just as predicted. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then there'll be one over to God's side And be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. That's the message text. The other translation I'm reading from is the First Nations Version. This is an indigenous translation of the New Testament. First Peter 1 verses 22. You have purified your souls by fully following the truth now your love for each other can come from a true heart so keep loving each other in this way you have been given new birth through the living word of the great spirit this living word is like a seed planted within you that will never decay and will remain to the time beyond the end of all days just as our sacred teachings tell us human beings are like grass their beauty is like a wildflower growing in the grass the grass dries up and the wildflower falls to the ground, but Creator's word never fades away. And that word is the good story that was told to you. Chapter two. So turn away from hatred, lying, cheating, and any false face you have been wearing. Stop bad-mouthing others and being jealous. Like newborn babies who long for their mother's milk, you should long for the milk that is spiritually pure. This milk will help you grow strong in the one who sets you free and makes you whole. For you have already tasted the goodness of our honored chief. You are drawing near to the living lodge pole, the chosen one who was rejected by human beings, but highly honored in the eyes of the great spirit. You are also like living wooden poles whose branches are being woven together into a spiritual and sacred lodge. In this spiritual lodge as holy men and women, you will send up spiritual offerings that will be like sweet smelling smoke to the Great Spirit, through the Creator sets free, the Chosen One, Christ. For it stands true in our sacred teachings. Behold, in the strong mountain of Zion, I am setting in place the chief lodge pole that I have chosen. One that is highly honored. The hearts of all who trust in him will never fall to the ground. He is highly honored by all who trust in him. But for those who fail to put their trust in him, The tree the lodge builders threw away has become the chief lodge pole. He is a tree pole that many will trip over, a wooden pole that will make them stumble. They stumble because they do not know what creator's message requires them to do. This is what was decided ahead of time for all who do not trust his message. But you, who trust in the creator, sets free, are a chosen people. You are a family of chiefs who serve as holy men and women. You are a sacred nation, a people who belong to the great spirit alone. You are the ones who will show forth the beautiful ways of the one who called you out of darkness and brought you into his wonderful light. You are now the people of the great spirit, even though at one time you were not known in this way. In the past, you had not known mercy, but now you have found it. So then, my much beloved ones, you who are strangers and outsiders to the ways of this world, I speak to you now with strong words. Stay far away from the weak and broken desires within you that make you war against your soul, against who you are. Walk in a good way among those who are outsiders to our spiritual ways. In this way, even though they falsely accuse you of wrongdoing, when they see the good you have done... They will give honor to the great spirit on the day he comes to visit us. So as we look at the text today, we're definitely seeing that Peter is sharing with us. What does it mean to be a stone? And more importantly, what does it mean to be stones fit for the house? Right? Because we are a part of a spiritual house that God is building. And he says, now that you clean up your lives by following the truth, because that's actually how we clean up our lives. We clean up our lives by following the truth. He says, love one another as if your lives depended on it. So our first commandment, again, goes back to love. Love one another as if your lives depended on it. Do we understand that we can love someone as if our lives depended on it. And what does that look like for you? How will you be an example of that in this coming year? I want you to think about this for yourself. He says, your new life is not like your old life. How do I know that I'm a living stone? Because I can look at my new life and I can look at my past life and they don't connect. They're actually running parallel to each other. They're not intermingling and intertwining. The things that I used to do, I don't do anymore. Why? Because it's connected to that old life. So how can you know whether or not you're a living stone? Ask yourself, Is does my new life look like my old life? I can't judge that for you. You can judge that. Ask yourself, be honest with yourself, does my new life look like my old life? Do I, Am I still carrying on the same behaviors, the same patterns, the same habits? Because living stones, part of that proof of being a living stone is that your new life is not like your old life. You ever saw those pictures at the end of a magazine where they put up those two pictures and they will say, They look like the two pic. They look like they're the same thing, but there's something different in the other picture. And everybody ever seen that in a magazine, right? And you would go and you would look at the pictures and you would start comparing them and you could figure out, oh, this has moved, this has changed, this is taken out, this is added to it. Well, think about your life like that. Does your new life have changes? Are the changes evident? Okay. He said, God's word conceived a new life in us. And we are now being joined, being, Mean that's a continual happening, joined to a spiritual house. Being, not we have been. We are now being joined to a spiritual house. That means that it is in the works. And in the process and in the progress. So, God is not only doing something in us as individuals, because I know we love our individual gospel. I just want to be saved now, don't worry about anybody else. No, according to scripture, He is doing this in us because we are being joined to a spiritual house. We are not the house by ourselves. So, when someone asks me, Well, you shouldn't be worried about what so and so is doing. Actually, I should. (laughs) Because we are being joined to a spiritual house stone upon stone, neighbor upon neighbor. So, does it matter what's in? the house that's being joined together? Of course it does. Because he's not just doing something in us as the individual, but he's also doing something within community. Within community. And we're not talking about a physical building. We're talking about a spiritual house. So what does he say? He reiterates. And I think this is important because... As many times as I've read this, the Holy Spirit said, no, I want you to back up. I want you to back up. I want you to take your time and really think about what he is saying here. So, okay, 1 Peter 2, verse 1, so, so implies we've already had this discussion. (laughs) Now I'm going to bring it back again. So, Clean house. In the KJV, it says, rid yourself. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. What do you mean, rid myself? I thought I was just going to be able to lift my hands and poof, be gone. It would all just clear away. No. He said, clean house. Clean house get you in order in the kjv make a clean sweep rid yourselves of make a clean sweep of malice pretense
0: pretense
1: envy slander some versions say hurtful talk. Some versions say get yourself, um, make yourself rid of deceit. For those of you who might not understand what malice is. Some versions say rid yourself of hypocrisy. Hurtful talk, slander of any kind. Don't just be satisfied with a taste of God. Now that you've tasted of the goodness of God, immerse yourself in God so that you can become mature and whole. Because what happens when we only get a taste of God, we don't move on to maturity and wholeness. And so the writer is letting us know that you can experience God and still hold harmful behavior and still hold harmful feelings when you don't go on to maturity and wholeness. He says, "As as we come to him, the living stone, we also like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house But what's the reason? Why are we being joined together? There's got to be a purpose behind it, right? We're not just coming together just to come together. But he says, you're doing it to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Oh, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that what I offer has to actually be acceptable to God? I can't just give him whatever I feel like giving him? Sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Oh, you mean to tell me that I've got to do these sacrifices, present them through Jesus Christ, And God has to approve of the sacrifices I'm giving. I can't just throw something to him and say, well, I did it. (laughs) Mm? Okay. And as I was reading the text, the Holy Spirit said, this is a very important part that we sometimes tend to skip past. All right. I'm going to give you four things that he wants me to emphasize today and then I'm going to get out of your way. Number one, every believer is called to a personal inner work with God. Every believer is called to a personal inner work with God. Your pastor can't work it out for you. Your pastor can't walk it out for you. Every believer is called to a personal inner work with God. And in order to do that inner work, you have to look at what can hinder you from becoming a part of the priesthood that God Himself is building. This is not a priesthood with collars, this is not a priesthood that you know you see on the podium no this is a spiritual priesthood that God is building that every believer is a part of and he says before you get into before you get into that spiritual house that we all want to be a part of we all want to be connected to what is growing and what is maturing he says we've got to rid ourselves of something This is a personal call to accountability. So let's look at the things he said we got to get rid of. He said, malice will be a hindrance. Malice can be a hindrance to you becoming a part of the spiritual house that God is building. What is malice? Malice is the intention or the desire to do evil, malice is to have ill will in your heart towards other people. He said, you got to rid yourself of that. Now, the Holy Spirit will empower you to do it, but it's still got to be your will engaged in it. So you can't go into this spiritual house holding on to malice and holding on to ill will about other people. Secondly, he said deceit. What is deceit? Deceit is the practice of concealing or misrepresenting the truth. How are you going to be joined to the truth if you are in the practice of misrepresenting the truth? Again, this is something that he's calling for us to rid ourselves of. Envy. What is envy? It is discontent or a resentful longing That's stirred up by someone else's qualities or someone else's possessions. It is discontent or a resentful longing stirred up by someone else's qualities or possessions. You cannot be a part of the spiritual house and you haven't dealt with envy. You haven't dealt with Your own desires for what belongs to someone else. These are things he says, if we're going to be a part of the spiritual house of God, we've got to deal with. Slander. What is slander? Slander is false statements, usually communicated verbally. So think about it. I've got to deal with any ill will, I've got to make sure that I'm not concealing or misrepresenting the truth, I've got to check my own heart and make sure I don't have any discontent or resentment about other people's qualities and possessions, and I've got to make sure that I'm not engaging in any false statements, communicating falsely verbally about other people. Rid yourselves of these things. Actively look within. Actively of your own will. Search your heart. And decide, today, I want to be a part of God's spiritual house that's growing. And if any of this is within me, then I need to deal with it. Then he tells us, So the first part of our personal work is to rid ourselves of some things, right? Then he says, crave the pure word. What does it mean to crave the pure word? It's to take in the undiluted word of God. It is to learn of Christ and his nature. It is to decide that I am going to make the study of the word And the learning of the word and the learning of Christ a part of my soul's daily diet. I'm not going to skimp on my intake. Now, my husband, he is the fitness guru. He can tell you all about daily intakes, calories, all of that good stuff, right? Making sure you have the right amount of nutrients to nourish your body. So that your your output and your input is balancing and you're not feeling too too you know tired or, or stressed out and you can't get yourself together. A part of our personal work is to make sure our soul's daily diet is in check. Just like we make sure that we have a certain amount of nutrients for the day we're eating breakfast, we're eating lunch, we're eating dinner, we're getting those maybe those small snacks in. I want you to apply that as you go through this year and think about how am I nourishing my soul to know God? How am I nourishing my soul to know of Christ, to learn of Christ? Am I actually engaging in learning of Christ for myself or am I waiting for someone to tell me once a week? if we ate once a week, many of us would be malnourished. Okay? And most of us are not going to eat once a week. So I want you to think about that. How am I going to nourish my soul so that I am a stone that is fit for the building of this spiritual house? As you come to God, Understand that you are willfully choosing to go through a process of the cleansing of your soul and the and the addressing of your habits. So that's number one. Every believer is called to a personal inner work to become a part of this priesthood. Number two, this is super important. Every believer is in this priesthood. I want that to sink in. Because some people think that just the preacher is supposed to be holy. And if the preacher is holy and I'm sitting under the preacher, then I'm good. I'm good. Because my pastor is holy. (laughs) My grandma is holy. My best friend is holy. No. Every believer is in this priesthood. Every believer is in this priesthood. This house is spiritual. This house is holy. This house is inclusive. The priesthood is not all men. The priesthood is not all women. Every believer is in this priesthood. This house has sacrifices, as we said, that God has to accept through Jesus Christ. So I want you to think about it. Have I really examined what it means to be a part of a holy priesthood. I know we see man's ideas of priesthood. I, I know. I know we see it. But I want you to go back to the text. And we're going to look at it a little bit here. But what does God's holy priesthood look like? Which leads us to number three. The place God is meeting us is within, not without. He's telling you, I'm building a spiritual house. And all of my living stones, all of my people are going to be built into this house. It's not a house crafted with man's hands. We've seen what happens when man crafts a house. We're not going to go into and enumerate all of the houses that are falling because they've been crafted by man's hands. The place God is meeting is within, not without. And I know another living stone, I can recognize another living stone because that living stone is doing the work I'm doing. That living stone is recognizable that you're a part of God's spiritual house because you're doing what God is requiring of us. So I'm not confused when I see another stone. (laughs) I say, hey, stone, how you doing? Because we're being built up together, right? So let's look. What characterizes these living stones? He says in verse 9, you are a chosen people. How do you get to be chosen if you're willing to follow the truth? You are a chosen people. He said, verse 22, you purified your souls by fully following the truth. How do do I get chosen? I get chosen because I'm willing to follow the truth. You're part of a royal priesthood. Where Christ is king. You're part of a royal priesthood where Christ is king, and so you're bowing to Christ's mandates, right? We're not treating each other like peons in the body of Christ. We're not putting unreasonable demands on other stones in the body of Christ because I understand that Christ is the king. Christ is the one that we are answering to. Christ is the one that we are bowing down to. Christ is the one that we're worshiping. So I'm not worshiping you as a fellow priest in the priesthood of believers. So we're all part of a royal priesthood. We are a part of a holy nation. Not just a nation, but we're a part of a nation that we are identified by our holiness. (laughs) We are identified by our holiness. One more time. We are identified by our holiness. We're not just a nation of people, we are a holy nation. A body of spiritual people serving a God that has requirements for holiness. And then it says, we are God's special possession. We are part of his house. We belong to God. We don't just belong to ourselves. So we don't just make decisions just based on how we feel about it, but we are taking our decisions back to the person who we belong to because we are God's special possession. Now, what is our main goal? Well, our main goal is to declare the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Now, let's back that up. It says, declare the praises of him, not to pronounce curses on people. Not to pronounce... Where people are going, not to pronounce condemnation or condescension upon people, it says, "Declare the praises of him, and a lot of people are confused again because they're listening for where are the praises of God being declared where are the I'm sorry, I haven't heard about how good God is in quite a bit of time. I keep hearing about how um, God wants to flame broil people. Huh. I've I've heard about how angry God is. I've heard about, you know, how,
0: you no know, one's any good.
1: no one's any good. I've heard how God wants to punish all these cretins. <laughs> it says we are supposed to be declaring the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. When is the last time someone identified you by the fact that all they can hear from you and what they hear from you is how good God is? How merciful God has been? How faithful God has been? How much of a healer God has been. How God has been a way maker. We're supposed to be declaring the praises of Him who has called us out of darkness into His wonderful light. Which begs the question, because this is what the Holy Spirit asked me, so I'm just bringing it to you. Are you out of the darkness? Because maybe we can't declare what he's called us out of if we're still in it. Are you out of darkness? Or here's another way to put it. Are you out of evil? Or here's another way to put it. Are you out of the ignorance of not knowing God? And are you announcing what it's like To be and to live in the light. What are we announcing? If we're living stones. If we're a holy nation. If we're a royal priesthood. If we know that we are God's special possession. If we know that God loves us. And we feel his love and we're immersed in his love, and we're surrounded by his love, and when we get up in the morning, we feel the the love and the approval and the grace that we've been kissed with when we opened up our eyes, why aren't we telling people about it? I want people to know that it's an amazing, incredible, exciting thing To live in the light. It's a powerful thing. To go to sleep. With a pure heart. And a pure mind. It's a powerful thing. To wake up. And not have any doubt. That God. Is for you. No matter what goes on in your day. That God is for you. That all things. Will work together. For the good. Of those who are called according to his purpose. That is an incredible feeling. It's an incredible feeling to go through your day having the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It's an amazing witness when people see chaos going on around them. And they see that you're at peace. And they're like, I don't understand. Why aren't you bothered? Why are you unbothered? Because I know there's something beyond the moment that we're in. There's something that is settling and calming my heart and my spirit that goes beyond the chaos or the calamity that I see happening around me. I've learned that I can be still and know that he is God. That I don't have to do tit for tat with people that as a human being may be getting on my entire last nerve. (laughs) Doesn't mean that I'm not human. It's just that I understand that there is a divine ability and grace that's helping me in my human condition. The text say you are now a people who have received mercy. You didn't have it in the past, but you've got mercy now. So why wouldn't I want to share with you about this God that provides mercy? Why would I hold back on that? Why would I just be stingy and, and, and hold it to myself? This merciful God that I have found. Why are we saying merciless things to people? Why are there merciless actions coming from people who say they are of God? That is a red flag for me. You don't have any mercy. You don't have any kindness, any grace, any love, any compassion to offer people and you're a living stone, living stones, the scripture tells us, living stones have found mercy. Uh-uh. Living, living stones have found belonging. He says, you were not a people, but now you are a people. You were without mercy, but now you have found mercy. I don't know about you, but that's the the spiritual house I want to be a part of. (laughs) I want to be a part of the spiritual house where I have found mercy. Where I found belonging. I want to be a part of a nation of people that are royal, that are chosen, that are holy, merciful living. Comes from those who have received mercy. When you've truly received the mercy of God, it's not hard for you to offer mercy to other people. Oh. The Holy Spirit said this to me He said, Mercy and malice cannot coexist. Oh.
0: Oh.
1: Which again, goes back to every believer is called to their personal work. I can't show mercy if I got malice living on the inside of me. So we got to work, we got to work on, do our inner work, okay? The fourth point here, living stones abstain in the practice of evil. Living stones, abstain in the practice of evil. Um, Apostle, can you get First Peter two and eleven and read that for us again? You can do it in the uh, New King James Version.
0: First.
1: 1 Peter 2, verse
2: 11.
1: New King James Version. As you get it, I'm going to read it in the native translation, and then I want you to read it in that version. So then, my much-loved ones, you who are strangers and outsiders to the ways of this world, I speak to you now with strong words. Stay far away from the weak and broken desires within you that make war against who you are. You got it?
2: Yeah. First Peter 2, 11, and New King James. Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from flesh lusts with war against the soul, have your conduct honorable among the Gentiles.
1: Thank you. Stop there. He said, abstain from fleshly lusts. There's another version that says abstain from sinful desires that wage war against your soul. Do you know what everybody know what abstain means? Abstain means I have the ability to go and do it. But I choose not to. You most certainly can have the desire to do the fleshly thing, the sinful desire. But he said, I'm going to ask you to abstain. That means you have a choice. Here's what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, desire doesn't disappear just because you're holy. Desire for the thing doesn't disappear just because you're holy. Not all desires are sinful. It is the sinful ones that war against your soul. I want us to sit with that for a moment. What is warring against your soul? You have to be honest with yourself. What is it that I'm desiring that's going to war against my soul? What is it that I'm desiring that's going to be in contradiction of my soul's daily habit to be nurtured in Christ? Because there's going to be something that wars against your soul. But guess what? If you're malnutritioned, guess what malnutrition people tend to gravitate toward? Junk food, right? Because junk food is oftentimes a quick sugar rush or a quick sugar fix but you're missing nutrients. And as someone told me in the nutrition world, the more you are engaging in the healthy nutrients to fill your body, the less of a taste you get for the other stuff. You start to taste the artificiality of things. Am I right, Apostle? Okay, so a part of me being able to deal with what's warring against my soul, is I've got to put what's in my soul that's healthy. I've got to put what's in in my soul, what is nourishing for my soul. Because if I don't, these desires are going to make war. And for a lot of people, those desires are winning the war against their soul. He says, live good lives among the pagans. Live good lives among the unbelievers. Live good lives among people who don't believe like you believe. It did not say go bash them over the head. It said your job is to live good lives among them. (laughs) Be the billboard of God's truth. God's light, God's righteousness among the pagans, among the pagans, among the pagans. That means that you're not in isolation. You're not in isolation, but you should be shining and not blending in. You should be shining and not blending in. You might get accused. He said, you might get accused of doing doing something wrong. But don't let it be true. May your good deeds and actions weigh in for you. May God be glorified by your life. A couple of questions to ask you as I begin to close here. Is your personal soul going through that inner examination? Are you allowing your soul to go through that inner examination. Are you taking in the word of God daily? Does it have to be a chapter? Does it have to be a paragraph? Can it be a verse? Can it be a word? Can it be a meditation? Are you taking in the word of God daily? Do you understand your role in the holy and your connection to the community of believers? Are you going to be a billboard for the light of God this year? Are you going to hide your light under a bushel? Are you going to downplay your light or are you going to blend in? Are you living like you have received mercy? Are you abstaining from evil? And in your abstention from evil making any accusation about you seem ridiculous in light of how you live for God. In summary, every believer every believer is called to their own personal work. The scripture said, puts it this way, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Every believer is in the priesthood. The priesthood is vast. It is gender inclusive. It is ethnic inclusive. It is class inclusive. It is ability inclusive. God's meeting place is within, not without. We get a chance to experience God's house when we come together. When our living stone, when the living stone over here that's been doing their work, and your living stone comes together, we begin to experience God's house. And living stones practice abstaining from evil. This is a choice, not a force. Apostle? Thank you all for your time today.
2: Good afternoon, uh, fellow believers, and fellow stones of the world. Fellow stones, not stoned.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a whole other word. We are living stones. We're not to be stoned. We're not to stone people. We're not to be the um, the stoned upon. But we are the living stones that are building the stones that build, 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 arise, causing so much glory to happen. Beauty, gemstones. Think about it. You know, when you look at the Book of Revelations, you have amethyst, you have the diamond, you have you know the black stones, the pearl. All those different things are lovely stones. So a lot of people look at Revelations as such a mysterious book. But when you talk about living stones, that's a good example. Every stone has an incredible amount of beauty, sparkle, and solidarity. A diamond is a diamond, whether it's way in the core of the earth, and as it rises through the pressure, and it comes up, and it's excavated. You know, it may not look amazing on the outside, but when you have those features, those examinations, those things that occur upon it, Um, it, you know, and you put them together, it is just an incredible, (laughs) it becomes an incredible ordeal to understand the glory of what is happening. So what happens is the thing that really blessed me about this here is about make a clean sweep, malice, pretense, envy, hurtful talk. It takes, (laughs) that's the, that's that stuff on the outside of the stone that you got to clean off. When that jeweler gets that stone, that might be dark and might have a lot of the, natu- you know, the 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 sub materials of the earth that are on it. Those must be polished off the stone. When you take that polish off of that stone, I mean, when you polish those things off of that stone, then you'll see the beauty. Then you'll see the sparkle. And when you see those, that's when you get those elements. When people get a necklace, you know, jewel necklace. You look at, I think, when I in my studies earlier, uh, well, in 2023 and 2022, we looked at some of the most expensive crowns in the world. I think the most expensive one I've seen was like, um, I think it was like $72 million dollars if I'm not mistaken, I have to go back and look at my notes. But those stones were crafted, they were taken, they were excavated, they were, I mean, it was so, it, there was so much value to it. And when you put those stones together, when you start putting them together, everybody likes, you know, women love jewelry. Men love jewelry and stuff like that. Um, what happens is, uh, let me show you this here. She, Prophet Shante's going to Look up some for us here real quick here. So, there you go. Um, what we have to understand is that stones must have a process of, one, healing, and two, a process of cleansing. There's no sense of having stones that are fully filthy. Nobody wants a filthy stone. You don't go to a jewelry store and find stones that are sitting behind over there in the trash or on the floor in the corner, or you know trampled upon, they are put in the most beautiful array and display. And as they are put in arrays and displays, you have here it is. Okay, which crown? See, look at this. Let me show you this here. If you can see that closely. You see that up from one side and the other, audience. Oh, that up there. You see how those stones are arrayed. They are placed in such a fashion. They are placed in such a fashion. It brings glory and splendor. So that's the two words. God is trying to bring out the glory and splendor of his creation. Mm -hmm. And anybody who knows any jeweler or has been familiar with the jewelry making process You know that the jeweler is one of the most patient artisans there is around. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of meticulous care that goes into the development. Here's another example. There's a lot of meticulous care that goes into the development of these stones. There's a lot of meticulous care The
1: placing, the setting. Mm -hmm.
2: First you have to get the stones. You have to you know, uh, bring out the beauty of the stones. Then you have to arrange the stones. And then you have to set the stones with the adhesive that's necessary for them to stay put. We don't want stones falling out of the array. So what happens is the purer you are, the more stickable (laughs) you are to the house, if there's such a word. People know when, it's like, almost like when you have a substance, if if grit or grime or something gets on the top of a substance, it won't adhere very well. She brought out, we need to understand that as we go through, I think about the one passage that says, lay aside the weight. We don't, we know the sin part, but the weight part, you know, that Malice. That pretense. Pretense. That envy. That hurtful talk. We've seen a perfect example of that in the past few days. Where the spiritual principle of ridding yourself of malice and pretense and envy and hurtful talk. One part of the process of doing such things, it's communicated so that it comes out of your soul and gone. A lot of times people do harmful things to us. Damnable things. Malicious things. Hurtful things to us. And what do we do? We hold it all inside of ourselves because we don't want what has caused those things to be exposed. But when you bring exposure to what has hurt you, to the envy and to the malice and the pretense that were put towards you, you lay aside the weight that's holding you back from being beautiful, from being sparkling in what God had designed for you. And once you've laid out and you cleanse yourself, like we have this thing called, everybody talks about that cleanse. You know, the brand new year now, but we'll go through the cleanse, the colon cleanse, the disc cleanse, the juice cleanse, the whatever cleanse. For the physical body, but cleansing yourself spiritually, there's so much weight that we carry in our in our spiritual space of our beings, that if we were just to let it go, let it out, There's a reason why every house has good plumbing. Mm -hmm. Good plumbing is used multiple times a day. So there's going to be multiple times a day that you're going to have to rid yourself of certain things in order to be healthy as you're consuming the good things. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to release because if you don't release, you're going to see a GI doctor and it's going to be very dangerous for you. Many people, if you look at it, are having different kinds of cancers come up particularly colon cancer that's, that's shocking people, people even at earlier ages, is because you're not releasing properly. Get released from these things. So anyway, there's so much to share. We would ask that you just replay this broadcast. Replay the broadcast. Um, look at those things. Take the scriptures out. You know, Study them. Pick them apart, not just pick them apart to try to prove something to somebody, but, but pick them apart to dissect them so that you can understand the fullness of every component of what is being said. So as we close out, let me pray into these things here. Okay? Uh, God bless you. This is the first Sunday of 2024. We're here at Life Nation, and we appreciate you for taking time to partake with us even now in the current live Or in the replay. So God bless you. And you can look on our page for the various means to give for the first part of this year. We thank God for your financial sense of giving and this prayer and the unseen things you do in the giving. Anyhow, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father, for the word that you have expressed for us today. We thank you, Lord, for the scriptures you have given to us. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you have allowed us to be able to see another year that many people, people that we've known, people that we have seen, people that we've had life and dealings with are no longer on this planet. So Father, we thank you, Lord, and ask that you will continue to give us strength. A lot of things we may know to do, but Lord, it just takes a certain level of mental fortitude and spiritual firming to allow us to go to the next step. Many people in the beginning of a year decide to practice a new fitness habit or start going to the gym or starting to do something, exercise, or trying to get their body in shape. The biggest part is taking the steps to go into the fitness center or location or whatever you're doing. So, Father, help us, oh God, to be able to take the first steps necessary, oh God, to lay aside the malice, the deceit, the hypocrisy, the envy, and the evil speaking. Father, help us, O oh God, to, to start to shed. We want to shed subcutaneous fat so we can look more trim and lean in our bodies, Father. Help us do that spiritually, like help, take away the fat of malice, take away the fat of deceit, take away the fat of hypocrisy, subcutaneous, beneath the skin, beneath the surface that is causing us to look out of shape. We're, taking, we're, we're walking with, with waste that we don't need to have in our lives. So, Father, we ask that you give us the strength to move, to take the verb, to go into the activeness of a lifestyle of cleansing these stones, which is ourselves internally. So we pray these things, Father, that you would help those. And those who don't know how to do this, Father, Lord, we pray that you allow us to be able to reach as many who may, may be open to hear, Oh, God, even on our Sundays or throughout the week, that we could be a witness and an example to help people to do and to be the greatest thing that they are, a living stone. So, God, those who may not even be a stone, those who do not even know you as Lord and Savior, we pray, oh, Father, that those stones that have have been undiscovered Father, help them to discover you so they could be received received in mercy, and even as the past says, be born again to be, come alive once more to the greatness of what you're designed to be in the eternal space with our Heavenly Father. So God, we thank you for this word. We thank you for this message. We thank you for the messenger. And we pray blessings upon everyone who would hear the sounds of our voices. In the holy name of Christ, Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you, and we pray you have a magnificent, super-duper 2024. We're on to a good start. Bless you.